Hey folks, it's Carl at Sterling Health and Fitness. Thanks so much for tuning in today. So I'm excited to have a special guest with me today. Uh, today we have Dr. Dan Ritchie uh, joining us on our program for the first time. And um, Dr. Ritchie is a recognized leader in the exercise pro pro programming for older adults and was honored the 2014 Personal Trainer of the Year Award by Personal Fitness Professional Magazine. That is awesome. Um, he has a broad background in the fitness industry in training and management that has included commercial, nonprofit, hospital, and university-based facilities. During his career, Dan has worked success successfully with Division I athletes as well as special populations, including post-stroke, Parkinson's, fibromyalgia, and Alzheimer's. He's the president of the Functional Aging Institute and co-owner of Miracle Fitness, a one-on-one -on -one and small group uh, training facility specializing in mature clients. And Dan, this is an impressive uh, bio here, and I know that just barely scratches the surface of what your experience and what you've done, but it helps us to realize uh, where your focus is at. And so, uh, first of all, thanks for joining us. Yeah, yeah, my pleasure. Thanks so much for having me. Uh, it's great to connect with you here. So you have some things going on that I think are really, really interesting. Um, you know, it, I think in the general population, there seems to be more and more awareness and interest of uh, in the older adult, let's say baby boomers and, and up, and their longevity, their functionality, um, you know, their quality of life, and uh, trying to keep that quality of life good, you know, or improving it, hopefully. And um, I'd like you to share with us a little bit here, you and I talked a little bit before off camera about uh, something that you call the perfect storm, and also a term I've never heard of before, which I love, the longevity economy. If you could um, share with us about that, I'm really interested in hearing about this. Yeah, sure. So the, the perfect storm is, is really uh, a term that, that Cody, my business partner and uh, co-founder of the Functional Age Institute, uh, coined probably close to 10 years ago. I mean, we, we've really, both of us have been talking about this, this tidal wave that is on the doorstep of the fitness industry, and, and the fitness industry doesn't seem to be paying any attention to this gigantic wave coming over the top of us. Uh, and, and by and large, the fitness industry is just simply missing it has been missing it for, for several years and is still missing missing it completely. When you look at the gigantic number of people that are now over the age of 50 in the U.S. alone, uh, it's just staggering. And the fitness industry continues to be focused on youth, you know, fitness vanity, sexiness, sex appeal, six-pack abs, getting ripped, shredded, skinny jeans, you name it, right? It's all youth-focused um, it's very much, I mean, in a lot of ways, it, it's right on in terms of trying to tackle the obesity epidemic and helping people lose weight, which losing weight is the number one goal. But uh, by and large, the fitness industry is completely missing this gigantic storm of clients that are over 50. And uh, we've really been saying, look, that the fitness industry has completely ignored seniors, people over the age of 65, your traditional senior citizen, um, which now that term, you know, isn't really even one that we throw about anymore, right? Because baby boomers are turning 68 this year. 
and and you better not call them a senior because they're not going to like it, right? You know, their parents are seniors, but they're not seniors, you know. So, um, so when you look at the numbers of baby boomers, people aged 50 to 68, there are nearly 80 million of them in our country, and they control over 70% of the wealth. And so the, the perfect storm really is the combination of a gigantic number of people with a gigantic amount of financial resources with a gigantic amount of physical need for fitness, right? I mean, a 55, 60-year-old needs fitness for for health, for longevity, for stamina, for just feeling better, for reducing their joint pain, getting off blood pressure medications, cardiovascular disease risk reduction, obesity. I mean, the list goes on and on and on, right? I mean, it's a desperate need, right? It's not the 35-year-old that's lazy and needs to get off the couch and do something. I mean, this is a 55-year-old who's like, I better do something. My life's falling apart, right? Right. And, oh, by the way, they have huge financial resources, and there's a huge disconnect. They can't go show up at L.A. Fitness, which is designed for 27-year-olds, and feel like the place gets them, right? I mean, there's just a disconnect, and and the fitness industry has kind of been missing this perfect storm for, for quite a long time. And so economists... Longevity economy just comes from what economists have studied, the sheer power of the numbers of the baby boom generation. I mean, there's never been a generation like it. Uh, it's absolutely a, a unbelievable phenomenon. When you look at people born from 1946 to 1964 and the amount of wealth that they have amassed and created uh, over their generation, I mean, 80 million people in the U.S., and they control over 70% of the wealth. Uh, I mean, people like Oprah Winfrey, Bill Gates. I mean, the the billionaires are baby boomers, you know, and these are people that have built gigantic enterprises. Um, and and the average baby boomer has a net worth three to four times someone under the age of fifty. And uh, the longevity economy numbers are, are simply overwhelming in in all industries. They're they're reshaping things. That economy, people fifty and over is the third largest economy in the world. The only larger economies are China. We're talking a billion people, right? And the U.S. in total. So if you take the entire U.S. economy, the entire China economy, those are the only economies bigger than our 50-plus economy in the U.S. And so so I sort of laugh when I hear people say, oh, that's really nice, Dan, you're in that senior fitness niche. And I say, yeah, I'm in that niche where all the money is and all the need is And, oh, by the way, these clients are going to be clients not for a year, not for six months, not your average personal training client. They're going to be clients for 10, 20, 30 years, maybe your entire career, right? You sign somebody up at 55, are they going to quit when they're 56? No, they're going to need you just as much, right? When they're 58, still need you. You know, I mean, we have clients in their 70s, it's like, they can't quit, right? They have to stay with it. And so so it's a tremendous, tremendous economic opportunity, um, and it's a huge opportunity to help millions and millions of people that desperately need our help. Yeah, I think that's great. As a matter of fact, my uh, in my own experience, um, working at the university where I work, I pull from the demographic, basically the age I've worked with, ages are 18 to 73. But right now I have about half of my clients are baby boomers. They're between the ages of uh, 54 and 67. So I find it interesting, um, their needs and what we need to work on compared to a 20-year-old, a 25, 30-year-old. 
Um, and I noticed in your, I couldn't help noticing in the bio here, working with some uh, special populations, I can relate to working with um, especially Parkinson's. Um, you know, the, the, the benefits that somebody with Parkinson's disease, I have one client right now with Parkinson's, and, um, you, you know, we not just Parkinson's, we have so many other uh, populations out there who need for bone density, for stability, for mobility, for flexibility, for strength, for bone mass, all kinds of different issues. For maybe it's obesity, whatever it is, but there's there's a growing pop you know, with the older age comes more problems, generally speaking. So, you know, that's what we're here for. And uh that is a large economy and I I knew it was a large economy and when I learned more yesterday I was really reading uh, actually, I want to get into this in a minute, too. When I was reading on your website, doing some homework, and I realized you also have this functional aging summit coming up, which totally blew my mind. It's like, that is the coolest idea. That is, like, the coolest event I can possibly imagine because it's it's the first ever of its kind, right? To, to our knowledge, it's, it's absolutely the first of its kind. Um, I mean, to think about a fitness event that isn't just functional, focused on functional training, but it's actually focused on functional aging. Um, I mean, I'm not seeing other people in the fitness industry do that. Um, there, there are groups like the International uh, Council on Active Aging that have annual events, um, but that's not a fitness-specific event. And so to our knowledge, it's really the first fitness-focused event that's really focused on functional aging. And so we're going to look at function, the functional aging training philosophy that we have, but we're also going to look at uh, marketing and business and sales and the, the entire philosophy for fitness business in terms of functional aging. Um, because, like I said, in our opinion, the fitness industry has just been ignoring uh, this segment of the population for way, way too long. Yeah, that's, I tell you, uh, when I saw that, um like man, that that's something I really like to get to, and uh, that's for any. Uh, we have a pretty good sized trainer fo- uh, following here that watches our podcast, so and listens to. We put the audio version on iTunes too. But anyways, the uh, functional aging summit for those interested is June twelfth and thirteenth in Phoenix, Arizona, and I believe the website is functionalagingsummit.com. Um, actually, they can find it on our main website, functionalaginginstitute.com. Um, there'll be a link right there to the, the summit page. Okay, I'll make sure that link is running across the screen here, too. So, functionalaginginstitute.com is your yep. site, and you can find a link to the summit on there. Uh, yep. So, this is going to be great, man. I mean, um, we're, we're talking about basically about... 30 years or so of growth ahead of us we're looking, right, in, in this population, this particular demographic? Yeah, I mean, a, a, absolutely. I mean, the youngest baby boomers this year are turning 50. Uh, the oldest are turning 68. And so we're going to see a growth in the, the what they call the longevity or the aging economy for the next 20 to 30 years. Um, I mean, these people are going to live long lives. 50-year-olds are going to be living well into their 80s and 90s. Um, and then, of course, obviously people coming behind them are going to be coming along and aging as well. And when you look at the statistics for the age population explosion in the U.S., North America, Europe, 
Um, I mean, you, you see the impact of World War II. Um, and we're seeing that impact globally in that the, the world is aging and seeing this phenomenon. Uh, of course, obviously there's improvements in, in healthcare and a, and a variety of basic fundamental things, um, in a lot of developing countries that are allowing people to live longer lives. Combine that with a population explosion around the world from 46 to 65 post World War II, um, you know, an economic boom. It, it essentially broke out all around the world in peacetime. And, uh, and so we're seeing this, this globally. We're seeing more and more people in their 50s, more and more people in their 60s, more and more people in their 70s, more and more people in their 80s, uh, like we've never seen before. And this, this generation's approaching aging differently. You know, that mentality of, Okay, I've worked my 40 years. I'm going to go sit on the front porch in the rocking chair. That's not the picture of retirement anymore. In fact, a lot of our clients aren't retiring. You know, they're saying, I'm 70 years old, and I want to keep working at my university and keep contributing to society and keep writing books and, you know, whatever it is they want to do. Well, they can only do that if they have a physicality and a vibrancy to them. And so, you know, people are embracing what I call the, the Nelson Mandela phenomenon, um, you know, Nelson Mandela steps out of prison at 72 after spending 27 years in prison, right? Like, he shouldn't have become president of his country. No way. He should have been a frail old man. Uh, but he stepped out of prison at 72, and he wasn't. He was vital. He was vibrant. He was healthy. He was strong. Well, guess what? He had exercised religiously in prison during all those years. So at the age of 75, becomes the president of South Africa. And, and people are embracing that um, way of aging much, much differently than perhaps a generation before, uh, where people just said, oh, well, I, I'm going to get old at the age of 70 and, and that's going to be it for me. Absolutely not the case, right? I mean, people are not, not taking that approach to aging. Right. And that's a really good point. Um, certainly there's, uh, times have changed and the way people look at aging is different. Um, you touched on, I believe, a little bit of this in the beginning of our interview here, but let me just ask this question to see if there's anything additional you'd like to share about this. So why do you think the fitness industry has, you know, for so long they've ignored the baby boomer and senior or, you know, generations? Why do you think that is? Yeah, I think there's two parts to it. I think the interesting part to, to notice is that the fitness industry, what we know of it today, really was birthed by the baby boom generation. In fact, if we look at so many major economic forces in our society, we realize the baby boomers had a huge impact on that as they grew up and came through. I mean, they are the TV generation. I mean, they, they defined why the 18 to 49 demographic is so important. And now none of them are in it anymore. So when we look at kind of the fitness explosion in the 80s and 90s, this explosion of health clubs and racquetball clubs and group fitness explosion and personal training being born, that was all driven by baby boomers as clients. And guess what? Most of them at that time were in their 30s and 40s. They were rising up in their careers, rising up in their jobs. They were beginning to feel a little bit older, and they realized, gee, I'm 35. i got to do something about this. I better join a group fitness class or a health club or a tennis club or get a personal trainer. Um, and then all of a sudden, the baby boomers started to get a little bit older, right? And some of them turned 60. And they started to not feel, you know, like the health club experience was really for them anymore. But the fitness industry stayed there. They stayed focused on kind of who these people in their 20s, 30s, and 40s were. 
her that kind of birthed them stayed focused on weight loss, focused on fitness vanity, focused on, you know, I got to look attractive, you know, maybe I've never gotten married or now I'm divorced and I got to lose a few pounds. And, and they kind of really never thought about focusing on people over 50 because the baby boomers were really the defining force. And so all of a sudden you fast forward to the year 2000 when the, the oldest of baby boomers, you know, start to turn 55 and you realize the, the fitness industry is simply not, not paying attention to the needs of its initial clients. And, uh, and now here in 2015, the youngest baby boomers are 50. Now, there are certainly baby boomers in the general fitness mainstream, in health clubs, um, but it's part of why the health club industry has been struggling over the last 10 years is because they're hemorrhaging clients over the age of 55. These people are not staying. They're not sticking with it. And guess what? People in their 20s and 30s don't have quite the same spending power. They tend to be not as loyal. Uh, millennials are very willing to try the next thing, right? So they jump from one boot camp to Zumba to this to that to the CrossFit to, oh, that looks cool. I'll go do that. That's not baby boomers. Baby boomers are very loyal, right? Baby boomers are very loyal. They find something they like, and they stick with it, right? I mean, they go to the same coffee shop, the same restaurant, the same car dealer, the same dentist, you know, and they stay with that person as long as that person gives them good service, Um and so it's interesting because you realize the fitness industry exploded uh, with the onset of baby boomers, but now uh, doesn't understand how to reach them anymore. And uh, and I think that's that's kind of an interesting thing. It's sort of like you you can't create this phenomenon of giant health clubs, which are essentially huge giant playgrounds for adults, right? I mean, it's a place you can go work out, you can run, you can swim, you can play tennis, whatever. Um, and then all of a sudden realize wait a minute, why can't we get people over 55 anymore? It's like, well, because your entire model doesn't suit them, doesn't attract them. In fact, it in some cases repels them, um, and you can't remake yourself. You can't just say, oh, we're going to have a senior fitness program, because that's not what they want. You know, they don't want that. And so uh, it's been really difficult, I think, for the fitness industry to kind of try to remake what they are, turn it on its head. Um, you know, so our fitness studio is totally different. Uh, you know, we don't have swimming pools, we don't have gyms, we don't have racquetball, we don't have any of that stuff. It's very personalized, one-on-one, small group, intimate, non-intimidating, non-threatening, no grunting, no yelling and screaming, you know, no sweat flying. You know, you got to wear a shirt. You can't wear, you know, skinny tank tops and, you know, show your whole body off. And, you know, it's a professional fitness environment. Um, you know, we tell people. We ask people to wear workout clothes so everyone's more comfortable, you know, because the reality is once you get over 55 or 60, you know, you really don't need to see half-naked people running around in the gym, you know. And so um, health clubs have had a hard time changing that model, right? I mean, it's sort of like, are we a health club or are we a nightclub? Well, we're kind of both. That doesn't work for the over 55 crowd. You know, the over 55 crowd's like, I've already done the health club nightclub routine. You know, I've moved on from that. I'm a little more mature than that. Um, and so it, it really is kind of a redefining identity. And, uh, and by and large, I think the fitness industry is, is just way behind on, on, on redefining that. And, and so, um, you're seeing personal training studios pop up in in certain locations that are doing really well with this market because they get them, right? They understand the boomers' needs, uh, and they have the ability to provide a more personal, less threatening environment. Yeah, that's a, that's a good point. I Actually, I I work out of two different ones, two, two studios plus a university, but uh, 
that actually, you know, it's it's all one-on-one based or very small group stuff, and uh, all of the clients pretty much are baby boomers, I'd say. Yeah. Um, so let me ask you another question here too. Um, do trainers need to be appropriately trained to work with people over the age of fifty, let's say, to work with this demographic we're talking about? Yeah. So uh, the, the answer to that, of course, is yes. Um, the, the I would say kind of a, a blemish on the fitness industry for a long time has been the lack of adequate training for for many trainers. Um, and and obviously, if we have trainers listening to this, there's, there's potentially going to be some I'm going to insult. But um, but I think most of them get it right. Like if Jim down the street can put out a shingle and says, "Personal trainer, come on in." Um, it's really difficult for the general public to understand, well, wait a minute, he's a personal trainer, you're a personal trainer, everyone's a personal trainer. Well, sure, you know, in fact, it's funny when I, I talk to some of these countries like Australia and the UK, they have rigorous, rigorous licensing rules. I mean, you can't be a personal trainer in those countries without a specific, you know, accredited, recommended, you know, recognized, licensed program. You know, you can't just say, hey, I'm Dan, personal trainer. I got big biceps, you know. Um, well, in the U.S., for too long, anybody can be a personal trainer. And let's be honest, there are dozens upon dozens upon dozens of certifications, right? It's part of why we never launched our certification program, because we sort of felt like we don't want to be one more that adds to the confusion. Well, what's a good certification? I had clients come in and say, some of your trainers aren't certified. And so I'd ask them and say, well, which certification would you like them to get? And she sort of looked at me like, well, don't you know which ones you want them to have? And I said, well, yeah, I know the five that I think are good, but there are over 70. How do you know which one's a good one? And she was like, huh. So she said, well, why aren't your trainers all certified? I said, well, the, the one you're talking about who's not certified has a bachelor's and a master's in fitness and exercise science, and you want her to go get a one-day piece of paper? You know, I mean, it's it would be insulting for me to ask her to go get that certification. <laughs> and so then she so then she got it. You know, she was like, okay, I get it. So she's way more qualified than a certified trainer. I said, yeah, you could drop out of high school and get a personal training certification, you know, in a, a one-day workshop, you know. And she was like, huh. And so, so the answer is all personal trainers should be well-qualified. But to train people over 50, you have to be uniquely qualified, I think just as uniquely qualified as you have to be to train athletes. I mean, you're not going to train somebody to become an NFL prospect, you know, just because you have a, an ACE personal training certification. You know, I mean, it's, it's more rigorous than that. And so when you start talking about clients over 50, you got to know about knee arthritis and knee replacements and joint pain and, and, you know, cardiovascular disease and blood pressure response and just a variety of things, right? I mean, I had a lady walk in today who was about 60, and, and she says to me, well, you know, my, my husband's, you know, he's kind of unique. He's 62, and he's got, he's got some neck pain and some cervical issues going on, and, you know, you're going to have to make sure one of your trainers knows how to handle that. And, and I said, I said, well, that's, uh, that's nice. I'm, I'm glad that you are t- sharing that with us, but I want you to know he's very average for our facility. I mean, we deal with knee replacements, hip replacements, spinal fusions, neck fusions. I mean, you name it, we have seen it. Your husband will be very, um, you know, average here. He's not going to be unique. He's going to be very typical, you know, and so she was sort of like, oh, okay, well, that then she was kind of at ease, right? And so as a personal trainer, working with people over 50, 
The big difference I just say is because sometimes people get scared, right, Rick? They say, well, what if I hurt them or what if I kill them, right? It's like, well, you could hurt, you could hurt or kill a 30 year old. Uh, I mean, you could hurt or kill an 18 year old kid. Um, I mean, any trainer could do this if they chose to do something inappropriate and stupid, right? You know, I mean, if you, if you drop a hundred pound dumbbell on somebody's head, you could seriously hurt them, you know? Um, but what I tell most trainers is you're just going to have to be a little bit smarter. You know, so, and I don't take this excuse of, well, I don't know if I could train a six-year-old with a hip replacement. My response to that is, really? You can't take the education you've had and go get some training and some extra knowledge and learn how to do that. Um, you're going to have to be smarter, you know. It's it's a lot easier to train a 25-year-old that has no health issues whatsoever than a 75-year-old that has a hip replacement and some shoulder pain. Um, but I ask the question, which is more interesting and which is more life-changing? I mean, the reality is it's a little bit more interesting for me to have to use my brain to design an exercise program that's going to give this person great results. They're still going to work out really hard, but I'm going to have to be smart about it. You know, I'm going to have to pay attention to can they do jumping ballistic activities? Well, if they can, how much? When is too much too much because of their hip replacement, you know? Um, so I just tell people, you absolutely have to have an understanding of the aging body. You can't just say, oh, well, they're 65. I can train them just like they're 30. That's just simply not true. I mean, our our, our arthritis in our joints is different. Our articular surfaces are different. Our, our threshold for recovery is different. I mean, our, our bodies are simply different. Does that mean you can't train hard? No, absolutely not. I mean, i got 75-year-olds that can keep up with me. They can train super hard. Um, but it does mean I have to be a little smarter about what we do. Yeah, that's those are great points. I'm glad you shared that too because um, I think from the public perspective, they don't like you said they don't know certificate one certification from the other. Generally speaking, and then um, speaking of certifi- certifications, I actually wondered how many there are. I know there are dozens, but I know that the majority of them are actually kind of scary when you think about it. They're like a fly-by-night outfit, or you. It literally could be an online $49 certification. I saw yep. that somewhere recently. And yeah, there are over, the last time I looked, there are over 70, uh, and I think that's only growing um, because now now people are realizing, hey, there's money to be made, and, you know, I see you have TRX, you know, on your wall behind you. You know, you can get a TRX certification. You can get a kettlebell certification. You can get a boot camp certification, right? There's all these specialty certifications. Um, there, there's dozens of group fitness certifications you know and um you know then you get into the weightlifting coaching certifications and i mean yeah there's so many um you know i I once did a a joke with a client i just said well you know there are some that are similar to like mailing in a a label off the back of your cereal box right like i mean there's some effort you got to mail in a cereal box with a couple proofs of purchase and maybe a couple other things you know and then they mail you a certificate you know and it's sort of like right okay but what is what does that really mean you know and so um it's hard for the consumer to have any idea what a real certification is it's kind of scary because um and i well yeah i have this this um this year, but, you know, I had others before that, NASM, uh, CES, PES, CPT, and all that, but um, what I find interesting, though, which is especially scaring, scary to me, is I've, uh, I'm aware of these other ones where they just have absolutely no experience whatsoever, no knowledge of anatomy to speak of, yet uh, they'll go to a weekend seminar, get a... Um, 
certification, you know, pass the test, and then they're out there and um, not knowing how to progress, regress, deal with special populations, special needs. And then, you know, we watch in certain, and I won't mention any particular at all, although there's one in mind, where they have a very high injury rate. And it's because they don't know what to do for progressions and regressions. So these certifications, uh, so many of those certifications out there, it does make it kind of scary. So, um, well, let me uh, get back to something here. So I want to make sure we repeat uh, the name of your website. So it's functionalaginginstitute.com. And uh, I've been there checking things out. There's a ton of great information. There's some videos and everything. And also, yep. um, you know, again, trainers, check this out, Functional Aging Summit. All right, so you can get there from the site that I just mentioned. It's June 12th and 13th, Phoenix, Arizona. And like uh, Dr. Dan says, we're looking at a huge population here. We're looking at a marketplace that, um, you know, they have the money, they need the services, and it's something we should not ignore. So um, that's a great, I'm, I'm psyched about this summit. <laughs> so uh, yeah, I'm glad to hear it. I'm glad to hear it. We're really, we're really excited, too. Yeah, well, uh, actually, Dr. Emily Spickle, who's a friend of mine and one of my mentors, uh, I've been through two of her courses and in the master trainer, a master instructor program with her. She will be there speaking, and uh, Cody yep. will be there, right, Cody? Yep. You'll be there. Yeah, 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 Dr. Um, Emily is doing a, a pre-conference uh, certification workshop on her barefoot training uh, on Thursday, and then on Friday she's one of the headline speakers uh, talking about barefoot training and uh, and how that impacts function as as people age. Um, and so I'm excited to hear that because uh, I think that's going to be a really cool cool session. Uh, we've really, I mean, we Cody and I have been blessed to meet a lot of people in the fitness industry, and uh, fortunately we've built a lot of great relationships. And so we we are bringing in what we think is is really a tremendous lineup of of really experts in training older adults but then also experts in marketing to older adults um, because you can't market to them the same way as you market to 30-year-olds uh, because their values are different. And so, so we think that two-day lineup is going to be going to be really helpful for anyone wanting to build a business in, in kind of the aging fitness realm. Yeah, that's great. It is a really great lineup of people. And, um, you know, I'll just say from experience, going through the Barefoot Rehab Certification with Dr. Emily and the Barefoot Training Specialist Certification, you're going to enjoy what you hear there because it's awesome information. But I see the other people presenting there is phenomenal. Um, so is there anything that you'd like to add to anything we've talked about, either for general populations? We have a lot of people following from all over. We also have a lot of trainers. Is there any, uh, maybe a takeaway message, anything you want to say? You know, I guess uh, I already shared my Nelson Mandela story, which, um, you know, I think has really impacted my view of um, of how purposeful aging can be. You know, I mean, I think, uh, I mean, he. I know most people hear me tell the story and they're like, yeah, but I'm never going to be Nelson Mandela. I, and I say, well, you know what? Nelson Mandela probably didn't think he was going to amount to much either when he was in prison, right? But he believed if I ever get the opportunity to get out, boy, I, I better maintain my physicality and I better maintain the body I have. And he took advantage of it when he got out. And so 
you know, if you're sitting there listening to this and you're saying, yeah, but who am I? I'm, you know, I'm 60 and I'm not in very good health. Um, you can change your fitness and go on to do amazing things. And I, I always like to share my personal inspiration as my grandmother. She will turn 95 in March. Uh, in her 80s, she taught English as a second language to Afghan refugee women in Pakistan. Now, you have to think about that for a minute. My grandmother was 80 years old. She's living in Pakistan, which was not an overly friendly country to Americans. She's kind of a blondish, red-haired woman, about five foot tall. She's not physically imposing. She's single. She's a widow. And here she is teaching English as a second language to Afghan women who probably their only hope in life is to learn English. They're unemployable. Um, they're homeless in some cases. I mean, they're, they're, you know, they're desperate for help. And here's my grandmother stepping in and an absolutely vibrant and vital 80 year old person and, and helping women the way she can help them. And, uh, she did that for several years. And I know, I know there were people that said, Winnie, don't you think it's time you take it easy and sit down with the grandkids? And I think she just looked around and she was like, you know what? That's not the life I've been called to. And that's not my purpose. And and so I look at her and I, I say to people listening to this, there are amazing things that you can do um, many years out in your future. And if you're a fitness professional, it's really, really exciting and rewarding to be helping people in their 60s, 70s, and 80s live that kind of life and live that kind of dream. It's far more rewarding uh, than fitness vanity. I mean, it just really kind of warms my heart and warms my soul to, to even share stories like that and to think about some of our clients and, and the amazing things they're doing because they're healthy, they're fit, and they're vital. That's great, man. That's a great story about your grandmother. That's really inspiring. I love hearing those kind of stories because, um, you, you know, those people are the living, breathing examples of, you, you know, if you put your mind to it, you can achieve... Uh, great things. You can influence people in a positive way. You can be, you know, I tell my clients a lot of times when they're having a bad day or they don't want to work out, um, and other people too, I share this with, you never know who you're influencing. That's right. You know some people who are watching usually, right? But you don't know all the people who are watching. I mean, I have people who come to me. I used to be a lot bigger. I was a lot, a lot heavier. And so, you know, I don't know who's watching, but I, every once in a while, you know, every now and then somebody comes up to me and, like, I've been watching your Facebook post for three years, but they never hit the like button on anything, so I have no clue that they're watching. However, some people don't hit the like button, right? And that's fine. They don't have right. it. It's not necessary. But when they come up and they say something like, dude, man, wow, you really, you helped inspire me. I mean... Well, good. It's not my ego. It's not like I'm trying intentionally to impress anyone. However, if it is inspiring, that's great. And then when they get engaged in making some uh, changes for the positive in their health and their wellness and their fitness, then it's a ripple effect because no doubt there's people watching those people who will be watching those people. And so uh, you're, I'm sure your grandma has influenced many, many people in a positive way. Oh yeah, I mean, hundreds. She's impacted hundreds, hundreds of lives. There's, there's no doubt. And and that, that I think is what's exciting because, you know, people in their 60s, 70s, and 80s can have tremendous impacts on their communities, their families, their neighborhoods. I mean, 
you know, so by keeping them healthy, fit, and strong, you're you're changing your community around you in in a very positive way. Yeah. Uh, you know, so it's it's kind of a a different way of thinking about giving back to society. Um, it's really really powerful, I think. That is awesome. Well, you're doing great things, man, and I uh, I'm really appreciate so much that you're taking the time to join me here today and to share with my audience, and um, thank you. Yeah, yeah, my pleasure. Love doing it. Thank you for this. So, once again, just one more time, I'll have the link on the screen, but for those who are listening to the audio version of this, you want to go to functionalagenginstitute.com, and you can check everything out there. So... Uh, our guest has been Dr. Dan Ritchie, and Dr. Dan, really, thank you again. Let's stay in touch. Functional mm-hmm. Aging Summit, man. I can't wait. <laughs> so thanks again, man, okay? And um, we'll talk again in the future. Sounds thanks. good. Sounds great. Yeah, thanks so much for sharing, and um, take care, my friend. All right. All right.